Hi, it's Glenn O'Neill. Today is Wednesday, October 27th, and this is episode 7 of A Close Look at San Filippo Syndrome. Ten minutes going over five different topics in the world of San Filippo Syndrome and some of the work we're doing here at Cure San Filippo Foundation. As a reminder, San Filippo is a rapidly degenerative and fatal disease in children, currently with no cure or treatment options. So, let's get into it. Uh, first is I want to talk about a presentation I did at uh, the Every Life Foundation scientific workshop. This is just last week. It was a scientific workshop talking about accelerated approval in rare disease. And our presentation was really about making the case for San Filippo syndrome being an ideal candidate for accelerated approval. And instead of talking about the entire 15-minute presentation that I did, I'd like to share with you just the quick summary that I did at the end here, about three minutes, uh, wrapping up the presentation and giving an idea of what, what the talk was all about. And in summary, you know, what's next for us? So we're planning a listening session with the FDA, discussions in our community about doing a PFDD meeting, uh, more really just robust engagement with the FDA. And as I look at these children, as I talk with their parents and their families, it, it's hard. You know, every time we have a presentation like this, we're wanting to say just the right things that maybe hits on, on FDA decision maker and, and allows them to take action and make the change to match more what the caregivers prefer. Um, while we feel we've been saying that, you know, the same basic thing for the last couple of years now, the positive is that we have more data, we have more caregiver input, we have more information to the, assist the FDA in making these adjustments, such as allowing accelerated approval for San Filippo. And it's urgent to us. The children are getting worse every second as the storage heparin sulfate accumulates in every cell. San Filippo is not a disease to be conservative regarding the drug development path. In the face of such a devastating disease, um, we hope there will be appropriate flexibility. If it were allergy or a runny nose, we could understand it being uh, we could understand being conservative as you aren't going to die or get dementia from that. These kids' lives are devastated and respectfully, we hope to see change around the level of caution we've seen up to this point, particularly when the patient community has expressed a high risk tolerance, both for treatment-related side effects and for uncertainty of benefit. We hope with more action, interaction with the FDA, we can come to agreement on these points. As a community, we have absolutely no reason to fight for treatments we don't think will help our children in some way. There have been many drugs that have been approved in many diseases that help in some way, but don't fix everything. It's as simple as that. And we know in San Filippo, there are likely multiple treatments that could start helping our children in some way today. Accelerated approval could give these children a chance at better days, more time, and maybe more comfort. Let's start with that, and then we can improve on it from there. As, as one of our parents stated, doing nothing is the greatest risk in San Filippo. Thank you. Thank you so much, um, Glenn. That was uh, an amazing talk on San Filippo, and um, I truly feel the pain that people are suffering in that disease. There's so many opportunities in front of us, right? So many trials, right? There was a time when there was nothing happening in San Filippo maybe a decade ago. And so it's heartrending to see them coming forward and then getting stuck. So that was the wrap up of my presentation. And we continue to work with the FDA and with the other partners to move treatments forward for San Filippo syndrome. Next up, I'm excited to have our VP of Marketing, Katie Walton, talk to us about a new information package we created for newly diagnosed parents. Thanks, Glenn. Many families, when their children are first diagnosed, reach out to the foundation looking for support and information. And many times this leads to conversations, personal emails about their child's specific situation, and also what to do next. 
all of this information is a lot for a parent to take in initially. So we decided we wanted to create a written guide that outlines the next steps, the next things that they should consider um, after having been had their child diagnosed. We worked with a focus group of our partner families to develop this guide, um, focused on the things that were most important in those months after diagnosis, based on their personal experiences as well as what they have heard from their peer families. So by design, this guide is brief and focuses on just three main categories of information. Number one is providing more information about what is San Filippo, what causes it, um, what are these subtypes, what is attenuated, and also a thorough list of the early and later symptoms of San Filippo and how San Filippo and autism intersect. Next comes what to do next. You've been diagnosed, now what? So we talk about, the guide talks about uh, clinical trials, how to explore the options that might be available for your child's situation, um, guidance on building your child's care team and how it will evolve over time. Also, how to educate your family about San Filippo now that it is a part of their life as well. And finally, it also tackles some of the aspects of living with San Filippo syndrome, um, emotional support suggestions, future family planning considerations for your family or for other people in your family, and also organizations that are out there to provide support to families of children with San Filippo syndrome. The guide also includes several quick links to additional information for you and for your child's pediatrician. For a copy of this guide, all you have to do is email contact at curesanfilippofoundation.org. Thank you, Katie. I think that's really going to be beneficial for new parents. Uh, next up, I want to talk about just how much progress you've allowed to happen since we created our foundation in 2013. Uh, we did an update postal mailing very recently to about 3,000 supporters throughout the years, and we wanted to update them on, on really the progress they've allowed to happen over these past years. Uh, many of these donors are folks who've contributed multiple times, uh, and in that letter we showed 33 different research projects that we have been able to fund. Um, and as we look at this list, you know, the goal is really to move many of these projects, those that show promise in the labs, into clinical trials for children. Thankfully, we've already helped get three clinical trials going. Two of them are for gene therapy in San Filippo type A and type B. And also, we were able to design and fund a clinical trial for the drug Anakinra, uh, and that's to reduce inflammation in the hopes of bettering quality of life of children with San Filippo syndrome. And this is for children with any type of San Filippo uh, all the way up to the age of 17. And this trial is much more inclusive as far as who can get in than many other trials that we've seen in previous years. Also on this list, we have some of the work that's happening outside of the clinic, outside of the lab. And these all have a specific purpose to benefit children and families in some way. You know, some of them might not be so obvious as to how that benefits children and families. So newborn screening, for example. Why newborn screening? Well, for a variety of reasons. First of all, earlier diagnosis allows for potential earlier intervention, which everyone believes the earlier you can intervene on in these children, the better outcomes that are likely to happen. Uh, family planning reasons is another reason for newborn screening, as well as this actually helps the overall path to getting an approved treatment. Biotechs are often looking for the youngest children to test in these clinical trials to reach faster approval for San Filippo syndrome and potentially a greater access to more children of different ages. Another example, why is developing global clinical guidelines important? Well, currently doctors find out patients have San Filippo syndrome and for the most part, they have no resources to 
tell them about the disease. There's 7,000 rare diseases, so physicians, pediatricians are not going to know every rare disease out there, and there's very little published on what to do if a child has San Filippo, and there are things that can be done. So there's no formal guideline to guide them how they can help their patients best. These guidelines have been a few years in the making and include consensus from the top experts in San Filippo and MPS clinicians around the world. It's a collaborative project with San Filippo Australia, and it should be finalized and coming out in early 2022. So instead of doctors saying, you know, these, these stories that we've heard, take your child home and love them. There's nothing we can do. Doctors will be able to access these global clinical guidelines and have a plan for the family on how to best manage the disease and the child's overall well-being the best that they're able. Next up, I mentioned this on a previous call, but it's coming up and it's coming up soon on us now. So World San Filippo Day is Tuesday, November 16th. This is the third year and every year we have more and more people who participate in this. Uh, we've recently updated and launched our World San Filippo Awareness Day website that has all types of information and resources to get involved. You can reach that at curesff.org slash WSAD. Not the best acronym, but uh, that's what World San Filippo Awareness Day acronym is. Um, there's logos on there. There's Facebook frames. There's instructions for the Hands of Hope Challenge. Uh, there's a section for researchers, a section for other foundations, uh, and a section for families. We've translated the logo in several different uh, languages, thanks to help from our international partners around the world. And t-shirts, we can't forget the t-shirts. And, and the t-shirts you can order today. In fact, to get them in time for November 16th, it's probably best to order in the next few days, probably this week, to, to have a chance to have them in time. So please, we ask you, join us on World San Filippo Awareness Day, November 16th. Start telling everyone you know, like we say, shout it from the rooftops. Our goal is to make San Filippo Syndrome a known disease around the world. And every time we have big days like this, it's another huge opportunity to increase that awareness. And finally, I want to talk a little bit about our end of year goals here. We just finished up the Step Up Challenge and it raised $30,000 for this mission. So thankful to all the donors, families who participated, all the encouraging comments and love shown to these families and children. And speaking of the families and children, our goal each year is to raise $2 million to help fund more research and move the current research into clinical trials. So why $2 million? You know, we always try to push the envelope in moving research forward faster, and this seemed to be the stretch goal amount that was realistic uh, for us to, to reach each year. And we've had this goal in place since 2018. You know, we'd love to go well beyond this, but it's also good to have goals to shoot for. And so far, we've reached that goal two out of the past three years, and it's the families and supporters that make this happen. Did you know that almost every dollar that is donated to Cure San Filippo Foundation comes in in honor of one of these children? The partner families, including my family, are the foundation. You know, when we talk about the families, including mine, these families are not raising money towards Cure San Filippo Foundation. The truth is these families are Cure San Filippo Foundation. We would not be a foundation without the family support. And I suppose that makes sense that most dollars coming in are, are in honor of a child. Most people aren't just finding out about San Filippo and automatically donating. Some are, but, but very few. It's usually a family fundraiser or a family on the local news or a local school or sports team or a video that spreads nationally and internationally. A little bit of a teaser alert there on something coming up very soon. But people are seeing the child, they're seeing the family and the cause, and it's only because of these generous hearts that the foundation is able to continue this progress. The creativity involved in, in this is amazing as well. I mean, some very recent examples are 
Uh, Jacob Moon's family had a supporter create a craft beer specifically for Jacob. And they had a big awareness event. It was on the news and a portion of the proceeds are going to Cure San Filippo Foundation. We had another uh, a campground, an RV campground, uh, just recently donated $10,000 in honor of a child, Waylon, uh, with San Filippo syndrome. Just really creative things that are happening out there. And, and what we've come to find over the years is really anything can be a fundraiser and an awareness event. And how are we doing this year on our goals? You know, will, will we make it three out of four years where we reach this goal? So we are just past 1.65 million raised in 2021. Uh, amazing again, incredible. Last year we hit $2 million during the pandemic, pandemic this year as well. And the support continues just amazing. We're so thankful. And we still have November and December to go. And, and traditionally the final two months have been the largest giving that we see. So of course it's not all about money, but earlier in this podcast, we showed you what impact the dollars for research lead to. So the impact and the difference donors are making is clear. And I'll talk in the next podcast about some of the more recent specific research we funded. So that's my 10 minutes. Uh, it's time for your holiday weekend. I hope you have fun plans, especially those that have little ones. Thank you again for giving me the space to share this information. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for making the world a better place. We'll see you again in a couple weeks.